you can tell that they want to crack a smile and you're almost just like, just laugh, just laugh. Because if that really was how my name was pronounced, we should be laughing about it. It's funny. So today I have with me Corey Poff. Um, he is a blogger for the Tory Gazette, and he has a, a wide range of topics that he normally blogs about. More recently, it's been um, Chesterton and Daredevil, it seems, as of late. Um, Corey, can you tell us what you do for a living, um, how people can reach you on social media, and what are some of the things that... Uh, get you motivate you to to blog and write well let's see i uh i do web development for a living and uh since i've been i've been told before that that's not a particularly helpful description for some i think it was michael says he's known me for a year and he still doesn't know what i do exactly um i basically make websites look pretty and do cool things um, and I, I am on Twitter. I don't have Instagram. I'm not on Facebook, but I do have Twitter, uh, Inkslinger9, which is actually how I met Josh and got involved with the whole Tory Gazette thing in the first place. Uh, as far as inspirations or, uh, motivators for writing, I would, I would definitely say reading. Reading is the biggest one. I, I love reading different books and making connections between them, um, talking with friends. Uh, several of my more recent posts especially have been uh, inspired by uh, conversations with close friends and family about some stuff that I've been thinking about. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, books are by far the, the ultimate spur for me reading what other men have written. Yeah, before I ask you what you are drinking, it's something that I've thought about a couple times because people are constantly asking me, well, how do you stay motivated to write? Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I think outside of uh, Michael Hansen, who's been on a pretty long sabbatical lately, um, I write... Uh, the most for the site. And I, I admit I write a lot. I enjoy writing a lot. And people ask, how do you write? And it's like, well, when you work out, you have to eat to, yes. to, oh, yeah. to work out. You got to eat protein. You got to eat your carbs to either do your weightlifting or your, your running. And it's the same with writing. You can't write if you don't read. And the more you read, the easier it is to write. And so anytime someone asks me, well, how do, how do you write so much? Or what should I do to, to increase my writing habits? Um, read. <laughs> you will be, you'll be motivated pretty fast. Yes. So what? I know you're, you're finally having your first couple drinks as a legal drinker. Mm -hmm. So what are, you, what are you drinking tonight, Corey? Uh, I'm drinking... Um it's E&J Brandy. It's the VSOP. Um, uh, it was actually a birthday gift from my dad. And uh, he's he, he's been on the drinking scene far longer than I have. So uh, when he said it was good, I, I trusted him. And I have certainly had no complaints so far. It's very, very, very smooth. Um, it has kind of a 
vanilla cream flavor to it. And I'm sure all of the more experienced drinkers will uh, find much to pick at in my poor terminology or whatever. But yeah, it, it basically tastes like someone poured alcohol and some cream soda and then, uh, you know, there was sherry and some maple syrup added to it. <laughs> that that's, uh, as we were discussing prior to this, that's a pretty apt description from the very little brandy I've had. It tastes like sweeter, um, spiced rum. So yes. that's, that's typically where I end up. Well, I'm on the complete opposite spectrum tonight. I am normally like IPA stout porter man, although I've been on a negative IPA uh, rant lately, but I am even lighter than that. Um, I am drinking a local beer um, breweries called Live Oak, and I'm drinking their Pilsner. So Live Oak's been around for a super long time in terms of Austin craft brew scene. They've been around since 97. And all of the stuff that they do are like old world style beers. Um, so very or original recipe malts and uh Brewing methods for lagers, Hefeweizens, Pilsners, um, and and Schwarzbiers, and all those kind of things that normally don't they don't get a lot of the recent additions to the craft scene. Very excited, so it's a very light beer. It's very malty, um, got some bitterness to it, a good watery front end and a bitter back end, and. You know, it's just kind of like a, it's what, it's what things like Miller Lite and Coors Light, they wish that they could make this kind of beer, <laughs> you know, because they, they chose like, the, they chose the easiest style of beer to make and then they did it poorly. And then it's really not fair to, to hate on these styles of beer just because domestics are awful, but they're not, they're not really my, my flavor profile normally. It's light. It's, uh. It's tasty. I, I believe now that we've got you in a uh, legal drinking age, it's it's time for you to have some some good stouts. So we're gonna have to have you. We're gonna have to have you back when you can get some um, to shoots in front of you. Or okay, you'll have to make a uh, a list for me. Yeah, when you were talking there a while back, you you were getting me intrigued. Yeah, we we should do a, a podcast of you just tasting <laughs> craft brew stouts. So we'll get uh, we'll get uh, Deschutes Obsidian Stout on that list. We'll try and get something from Founders, maybe their Breakfast Stout or their Imperial Stout, and then one other either from someplace local in, in Tennessee or, or something else, and and just have you taste them live, like no pre tasting. You just you, you taste it while we're recording and see what your your reactions are. Just live feed reactions. Sounds like a plan. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to do some reading before then too, so that I actually know how to talk about what I'm <laughs> I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, this tastes good. So does that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it tastes really good. Well, you know what? Some people, some for some people, the oh wow response when you taste a beer is pretty much all that you need to know. Rise before me, just watching the bubbles in my beer, and I'm seeing the road that I travel, a road paved with heartaches and tears. Seeing the past that 
that I've wasted while watching the bubbles in my head beer. A vision of someone who loved me brings a long silent tear to my eye as I think of a heart that I've broken. All right, so let's get into our discussion of Batman v Superman. You wrote a review. I wrote a review. Um, you're a little bit more into comic books, I, I would say, than I am, simply because you've grown up with more comic cartoons and comic book movies than I have the advantage of of growing up with. Plus, I, I just I didn't like television, so I, I watched a little bit of Batman. But other than that, it was like it was sports, all the sports ball. Um, so you go first in, in trying to encapsulate as best you can your review of Batman v Superman. What, how, how did you feel about it? Um, I loved it while being uh, frustrated with it and wishing that it, it could have been better. Um, and I'm, I'm perfectly willing to admit that, that some of my uh, favorable feelings towards the film uh, could have something to do with the fact that I was out with um, some very good friends of mine, and we just had a blast with the movie. And I think we would have had a blast with the movie if it had been, you know, something absolutely awful, like a, another Twilight movie or something. We would have probably had a great time with it anyway. But I, I enjoyed a lot of what Snyder did with it, while wishing that he had. I don't know, just slowed down. I feel like they're trying to, by they I mean DC, they're trying to match Marvel and instead of taking the time to invest in each character and some some serious story arcs, they're kind of just cramming wherever they can and what you end up with is well, uh, basically what would happen if... Marvel took a bunch of their phases and tried to stick them into a two and a half hour film. It just it doesn't work. You you wind up with stories that kind of start and then stop in the middle before they've even finished, or they progress way too fast, or you wind up with hints about other stories that really you don't need in this one, and they're just distracting. Like there was that whole sequence in um, the middle of. Batman versus Superman, where we're referencing like like the Flash, there was Aquaman, there was Cyborg, um, the, the 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 whole uh, sequence where it's it's basically a dream, and and Batman is fighting insects, and there's the Flash talking about you know someone being right all along, and I I turned to my brother in the theater. And and I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on. Can you please explain it to me? And he, who he'd read more of the comics than I had, actually had some idea of what was going on. And he explained to me, and I was like, oh, okay, that's what that meant. But if I had just been sitting there by myself, I would not have had any clue what was going on or what Snyder was trying to do. It, it just seemed like the most random crap. Um, and, I mean... Gosh, 
Wonder Woman is still lame. I don't I don't understand the <laughs> so so many shots in the movie that you can tell were intended to make her look epic and they don't. There's there's not enough um invested in her by the audience or by the writers for the payoff to be worth it. Um and you know, I, I think you you summed it up well in in your review when you said that they should have just teased her and and moved on from there, kind of left the audience hanging with that one. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, that's my biggest complaint is that they try to do way too much with it. The, um, the, the other thing that I really didn't care for was um, Amy Adams as Lois Lane. I, I was kind of suspicious of her in Man of Steel. I didn't, she was okay, but not great. And this film kind of just confirmed in my mind that she's not Lois Lane, um, no matter how, and I think she's a great actress. I just don't think she's good for that particular role. Um, but as for the things that I actually did like, um, you know, I did like the story as, as crammed full as it was, it kept my interest. There was some, uh, some truly great scenes. Um, and the action was fantastic. I mean, you can always count on Snyder for that. He's he's been great with that. And and the one scene with with Batman and Luther's thugs, uh, I, I, I <laughs> that was worth the the ticket price all by itself. Easy, no contest. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think if if he had actually so spent some more time on the script, um, chopped out a lot and saved it for a different film and, and really focused on just a select set of characters instead of trying to cover seemingly every hero in the DC universe, uh, that the film would have been not just decent or good, as I, I think it is, but actually great, you know, something, something truly memorable. Yeah, I... I agree completely i think that the the film that we saw was not very good i'm less apologetic and less forgiving than you are i i just thought it was bad um but you could very easily look at what i would call the raw film the the scenes the dialogue the acting and go this is a good movie um the the points that you brought up, you know, particularly the Justice League mini trailer in the middle of the movie, it doesn't just come in the middle of the movie. Like it comes at a really things are ramping up. And yes. there's some good stuff going on all around it. And it's just thrown in there and you're going, Really? You're gonna like derail all the momentum of the movie for this? Um and it, and it was kind of the same with the dream sequence. So unless I'm mistaken, uh, what was intended was for Batman to either be experiencing a future dream or a future vision of how the world would look when Darkseid comes and takes over Superman, Superman's intelligence and Superman's body, um, and uses him to dominate the world and and so what you're seeing is the final not even battle because it's not a battle um but the final 
conclusion to the arc where if Batman doesn't ultimately team up to side with Superman in what they agree on, um, he's going to lose to Darkseid in the end. Right. And and if you know enough about the comics, you've seen the co- you know the cartoon shows or something like this, some of that might pop out to you. But for all the flack that Marvel has gotten for teasing Thanos at the end of movies for five to ten seconds and and about how fanboyish that is and this, that, and the other, I mean, Marvel just like laid it right out in the middle yeah. in the middle of their movie. And um, from what I gather, you know, they, they released a deleted scene on YouTube and then you got the whole ding, 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 ding thing from Luther all the way at the, um, at the end. And it's like, they didn't, they did nothing subtly. Like yeah. Everything was over the top. Like the only way I can describe it is legitimately, they just took everything up to 11. Like they, they didn't know yep. where to stop. Uh, Wonder Woman, take it up to eleven. Batman's anger levels are they really well grounded? Eh, it doesn't really matter. Take it up to eleven. Now, I thought Batman's brutality in the movie was phenomenal. I thought he yes. was, I thought he was great, but his his angst against Superman never seemed legitimate. Um, Superman's complete lack of virtue compass for this kind of how am I feeling today? I'm emo. I could, I would write a song if I wouldn't break a guitar. Um, it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was, it was way, way, way too strong of an attempt to make us, to make him relatable to us. It just was not right they, they did nothing haphazardly. It was all hazardly done. It was all very extreme. And, and even in spite of all of that, um, I think if if the editing had been there, I still would have gone, okay, it was extreme, but it was extreme all the way through, and it was good. Right. But unfortunately, you have these portions of the movie that were extreme and extremely bad, and that's really what hurt the movie, in my opinion. It's like Doomsday is awesome, and he gets 15 minutes at and I'm, I think I'm being generous to say he got 15 minutes of screen time. And I'm not even sure why. Like, I don't know. I don't know what he did to further the plot. I don't know what he did to further the DC universe or the formation of the Justice League. I mean, there, there, were, there were clearly other ways that they could have brought Batman and Superman back together there are clearly other ways that they could have introduced wonder woman or just saved wonder woman and and doomsday for a different movie but i just i'm like they just went in all all gusto like they just dropped a humongous villain in the first movie right with no backstory and he's not even there for 75 percent of the movie i i just he he comes out of nowhere and and especially if, which I'm not super familiar with his character, but I know enough to know that he is significant. And and to then have, there's there's that whole weird scene with um, Batman and Superman, which was, uh, for them to go through all of that fighting and, and punching each other and 
like you said, his his anger towards um, Clark, uh, Superman, is is all the way up to eleven. So they they're never not extreme in that way. And then suddenly there's a there's some conversation about oh well his mother has the same name as mine, so now I feel all chummy towards him. So they do that, and then it's like okay here's Lex Luthor and Doomsday. And by the way, we're going to have this giant um, smash fest in the city. And I'm still not entirely sure what Doomsday was doing besides, like... He had no purpose. Like, he... Right. Would... He, he, why, why are you here other than to... I get annoyed when, as much as I love Snyder's visual flair, he frequently veers too far into um, overuse of special effects, I think. And he, the whole, the whole sequence with Batman and Superman and Doomsday and Wonder Woman, to me, despite the fact that it was way bigger, was far less gripping than the one two-minute sequence with Batman and, and those thugs in the warehouse. Yeah, well, I, I agree, partially because I didn't see actual action there was a lot of CGI events, right? But there right. wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of action. You'd never really felt like there was combative. Um, there was not a lot of engagement. There was just like people flying into each other and throwing each other. <laughs> well, and, the, the, the raw physicality of of that one scene in the warehouse, um, it's it's lost. It's not even there in in uh, Man of Steel as. And yes, I enjoyed that movie more than some, but it, there's there's really no contest. Contest if you're going to have Batman going one on one in in this brutal fist fight with these with these thugs um, versus I can't really see what's going on. It's kind of like a Transformers movie, but with DC heroes, uh, dust is everywhere. And by the way, when this giant rock monster punches the ground, there's like electricity and crap. Eh, yeah, not not really gonna go for that.